My first direction is Bibles stay closed. <laughs> that's what you always do in a Bible study is you close your Bibles. We're not going to be looking at our phones for this first part of what we're going to do. Okay, so no phones, no no um, no looking at your Bible, and you'll understand why as we go through. So we are starting in, or we're, we're going to go through 14 through 17, which is sort of cool because if you think about it, I just figured out that this is our 40th week. So, you know, 40... Um, 40 weeks, <laughs> a good number. This is our 40th week in John. And uh, everything we're going to be quiz, doing... This is it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Arrange that again. Multiple choice. Multiple choice. <laughs> How about true and false? Yeah. And um, what's nice is we are now in the upper room discourse. Mm-hmm. And we get to be in the upper room um, as, as we go through this. But if any of you remember where we left off in John... We never really finished chapter 13, okay? And so tonight, I want to finish chapter 13, okay? But I don't want you to look at your Bibles or anything because I want to give you the text on here first. So this is the ending of John 13. So, um, who wants to read this? So let me um, and let me preface it uh, so you don't have to look at your Bibles. It's, it starts with after these, after saying these things. After these things is where we're at is in the story when Jesus has done the foot washing. All of you remember that. That's when we got to find out that Eric and his wife did that at their wedding. So Jesus has done his foot washing, and he actually gave a little teaching about what he did with that foot washing. And then immediately in chapter 13, it goes into the same, after saying these things, which is what he has said about the foot washing. So that's our context, okay? This takes us to the end of 13. So who wants to read this? I will. Okay, go ahead, Daniel. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, One of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. And then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, what are you going to do? Do quickly. What, sorry, what you are going to do, do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why he had said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So, after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify in, glorify him in himself, and glorify him at once. Little children, 
yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. All right. So a little different question about what we just read. Do you guys see anything different about this text? Do you see anything, anything strike you at all different about this text? Yes, Eric. One of the disciples who Jesus loved was reclining at table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him as Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Hmm. So only that one disciple knew the answer. Uh-huh. The others didn't hear it. Uh-huh. Who do you think that disciple John. is? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. Good. So I think that's really interesting because uh-huh. why didn't they all hear the answer? Yeah. And do, do you guys um, know how they would sit at a table? I mean, you know, it's not... Go to the like, Festival of Arts and you can see it in right. the last picture. Yeah, so they, they would recline. So the table would be like down like, I think sort of down like this. And they would be sort of like this. Oh. I think it's like this, and it's how they would eat. They didn't sit in like chairs. So they would like recline, okay, and sort of eat like this with a table there. So, so it would be easy for him to say, hey, who, who is that? Yeah. Talking about? Yeah, yeah. Anything else anybody sees that's, um, we're not opening our Bibles, we're just using this right now. Hello, Jason. Hi. Hmm. Uh, um, just out of memory, uh-huh. what was interesting about that was that he was leaning up against Jesus. He was touching him. And, uh, you know, we're all hanging on here reclining, but we're not leaning up against one another. Uh-huh. You know? And uh, I thought that was interesting. Actually, especially as we get a little bit later, what Lucas talks about in terms of abiding. Okay. Just so you know, Steve and Jason, we're not opening our Bible at all right now. We're just focusing on this for a reason, <laughs> which will be revealed. Uh-huh. I got another one here. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. So he was clean until he, he made received a decision. it, and that changed yeah. his position. Well, actually, it says that he had already, the devil had already. But this says well, it doesn't he, say it here. it's not until he receives it the says it, it says it in John, though. This is John. I understand. <laughs> Prior to him saying that, because I caught that too, but before this, 
in John, he says at this point it was when he declared, "This is this is my." Oh, is this back when he when he um, when they um, yeah when is, when is that you're talking about? Trying so to, it was. Are you when, thinking when ahead it, of time now? No, no, I'm behind. No, it was like back in John it ten was, or eleven. No, it wasn't John ten or eleven. It was I think it was the beginning of fourteen, maybe. Um, yeah, it, we did discuss it though. Yeah. Yeah. Because what I'm wondering is, so we're in 13. This is the end of 13. Okay, so at the beginning of 13. That was the beginning of the very, very, very beginning of 13. It says on the the day before the Passover, right? And it it begins the dialogue of Jesus coming to terms with this is, the time has come. Yeah. And that Judas, like the stage had already been set. He already knew that the devil was in. Judas Iscariot it had already done it's that's it's all hindsight it's all written (laughs) right but all that was in in, yes but we already know that I guess is is the thing the other thing I was interested on that same thing was do we know what he dipped the bread into wine wine or oil that was the thought right Mm -hmm. because that's what I think Right, well, and so what does that what does that say? And, and something I've always wondered is, okay, Judas had to play that role. He was chosen. He knew he was. It was already predetermined. You're the guy that's going to betray me, in order that prophecy be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So what's his ultimate destiny? Now he did make a choice, but God, but Jesus dips. His bread into wine, his blood, and feeds it to him. Right? And he takes it. Well, I don't know the answer. Yeah, I, just, I did. It was one of those yeah. things. It was like, it's just whoa. The, yeah. What's like happening? Just communion. There's, there's uh, right. also an admonition when you're taking communion to, to not partake unworthily. Right? Mm-hmm. Because some have fallen asleep because of it. Right? Like, there's, there's a serious uh, condemnation of partaking... In, uh, in communion, first yeah, first so, yeah. so, so that was like he was just condemning himself, even by doing that. Is what you're saying? Well, if, if you're looking at what it's saying, it's saying they're asking who's going to betray Jesus, and he says, "It's him who who I will give this morsel of bread when I've dipped it." And he, but he's saying, "Who's going to betray me?" And him accepting it is. I mean, like, was he privy to it? Did they hear? It kind of sounds like they heard because they were thinking, like, why did Jesus... Oh, I guess they heard Jesus say, what you were going to do, do quickly. Yeah, right. they, they didn't have part. said it to right. Maybe they didn't hear the other part. They didn't. And did Judas, did Judas know, or did John only know? Did Judas hear it all? Like, Jesus is just giving me this piece of bread, and I have no, I have no clue, right? Or is it, like... Well, the key is, then after he had taken the morsel... <clears throat> Satan entered. Yeah. So the question is, did Jesus dip a morsel and give it to anybody else? Probably not. Yeah, that's always strange to me too. Because I'm like, how does this happen without the other disciples seeing what happened? But yeah, and but then, but then there's also well, um, <clears throat> there's also Satan having asked to sit Peter like we right. Satan right, asked right. Peter, but maybe. So when when did that conversation happen? Between yeah, I don't think that's Satan I don't think that's and God. John. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay, and then the gospel. I mean, maybe it was like, no, it's not Peter. Peter is chosen, but Judas Iscariot is, is 
he's the one that's going to be trained. Alright, anybody else? I mean, clearly they all saw Jesus give si- or well, give Judas the morsel of bread. Clearly, right? I, I don't I don't think it's clearly. Because, it, you know, because he, Jesus says it's to yeah, you know, I, after I give this bread after I dip it. But let's see, so yeah, but what, there's um, only two people involved. O- only John heard that. Everyone else was open to seeing the morsel. But only John, who was leaning against him, because he said, who, who is it? And Jesus goes, one of the disciples again. whom Jesus loved was reclining at the table. So well, that's John, presumably. Yeah, read on. Peter said, hey, ask him who it is. Yeah, okay. So, so see, Simon Peter motioned him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. And then notice what happens at the end. So you, you do see that. So now, now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. So it, they didn't know why Jesus said that. Some thought because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him. So they don't still really don't know what's How going on with Judas. Like he's to, like they, they were privy Judas to that would, conversation leading yeah. up to. And him. they don't make yeah. And so after receiving the morsel, Judas gets up and immediately goes out. Well, maybe okay, just because, nobody knew how he was going to be betraying him. Right, because you that know, happens like, later. That happens. In could have been 18. a very small betrayal, you know, stealing money or something. That yeah. Extent. But what what it still begs the question? Judas takes the bread; it's been dipped. So he's it's almost like he's accepting the role of the betrayer mm-hmm. from Jesus. And and, it, and then it still begs the question: Did he really have a choice? Was this was Jesus's power involved in putting him up to this? Because he's all powerful. He has to have scripture fulfilled. But you also have to have free choice. You have to have free choice. One one thing that we were talking about a few weeks ago was that there was a a series of decisions that Judas had been making all along the way. Yeah, we talked about it that night. Yeah. Stealing, stealing from the money bag. Right. He was just, he was a little tainted in his behavior and spirit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, you you can tell you can tell when you read the scriptures. It's so subtle, but you can tell that he's he's not a good he, guy. He's he's not buying it. He's just not buying it. And I think that the fact that it says the beginning of this chapter, John mentions the devil was already in. Oh, him. not buying that Jesus is Lord. Right. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. He's still like yeah. every time Jesus would say something, you gotta believe in me. You could see the guy right. like wincing. Right. You know, and. Um, and there's a and G, John notes that at the beginning of this chapter, I think by design. Again, it's in hindsight, but knowing that hey, that that worm had already turned at that point. Like he, he his destiny was, he had already made the choices. Yeah. So since I don't want you guys to open up to this yet, but but um, my, so, can I finish, just yeah. my thought real quick is if you're in Jesus's presence and you've been with him for how many years? Three. Three years, right? It's a long time. You've seen everything he's done. If he offered you a morsel of bread, wouldn't you hear wah, 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 and you would just take the bread and eat it because he's handing it to you? I mean, would you really hear the words he's saying? I mean, but this he, is, this is, this he could is, have been in like a trance and then the is, devil came in. This is a further condemnation of him, what you're saying. He beheld the living Christ on earth, right. witnessed all of the miracles, heard everything right. he said. And still did. And yet. Still did. <laughs> and yeah. yet. Yeah. yeah. So that's like it's very weak. the ultimate betrayal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ultimate 
No, I can pretty well. I get it. So, going back to, I'm going to read the the beginning of 13, because it puts a little light into it. Okay, keep your Bibles closed. I'll read it. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas. Bingo. Okay. So, there is a difference between putting it into his heart and now Satan enters him. So you actually get a sense of Satan was, yeah, so obviously he's, pump, right? he's already open right. to having yep. that thought put in. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Then you see the next level of that. Not only does the devil put in his heart to do it, but again, you can say he still has free will and he can still say, I'm not going to do it and say, go away, Satan. But then he actually accepts the, <laughs> accepts the position and then the Satan enters into Judah. So now he's, I guess we would probably say possessed yeah, by Satan. Yeah. You know? So, anyway. Okay, good. good. good distinction. All right, other people. I need a lot of you guys. And others, anybody else see anything in here? That, <clears throat> can, uh, can I ask this one question? Uh-huh. Uh, and it was night. What's mm-hmm. the significance of that? <coughs> well, you're going to, um, we're, let's see, we're, if I get this right, correctly, we're Thursday night. So, what's going to happen is this, when we jumped over to 18, so you're now in this upper room discourse. It's the evening, okay? Because what's going to happen after they eat in their upper room discourse is then they're going to go out. You guys tell me if I'm right. If I remember this right. right. And then they're going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Right. And this is when Jesus gets arrested. Right. Guards come. Out okay. So that's the reason why it's, you're, you're following the days, and now we're a Thursday night. Then Jesus is going to take, and the disciples are going to go out to the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus is going to be arrested. And now we're into Friday. Okay. So. Yeah. And the Jewish between the Jewish day starts at sunset. It could be. Yeah. It does. It's starting to get dark. It's getting a little dark. It's not just literally dark, it's figuratively dark. Yeah, that's not, that's that's good, Bruce. I mean, it's not like 20 years. Things are starting to get dark. Beginning of your days. Did that answer your question, David? Yeah. Yeah. The other question I got, why did he say little children? Why did he just address little children? Good question. So the phrase little children is a phrase that was used commonly by, like rabbis, for their followers. So it was was a common um, designation for those who follow a teacher with it. Yeah. Good question. Um, Bruce, were you going to? Well, I was just going to say... It, it, it seems like there's some comparison between uh, Judas and, and Simon Peter denying him also. Uh huh. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting, right? He said, very end, Simon Peter does. He so, dress. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> hold on for a minute. Anybody else? As far as anything? So Judas was not coerced. Just to put that to rest. Well, yeah, what do you mean by he wasn't coerced? By Jesus. To take the bread and betray oh, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Satan is the one who. Right. Yeah. 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 So but if Jesus was all powerful. Jesus knew he had to happen. allow Satan to do that. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. He yeah. offered it, knowing that Jesus bad. is the one who knows how right. this is going to play out. Right. Judas just doesn't even really know that. Right. So. So he was kind of. Judas was caught between these two superpowers. You know. Yeah. I mean, it just shows the decisions we make, too. Yeah, it's like, you, you remember that scene from, uh, uh, what is it, uh, the Temple of the Lost, 
Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he picks the wrong, drinks yeah. the wrong cup, and the guy just wastes away, and he goes, he chose wrongly. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite movies. Just understand, Judas left the room. Yes. Not the authority. Just poorly. That's good. Went to what? Went to the uh, garden. garden. Yeah, oh, right. No, exactly. exactly. I get so Judas went out, got the authorities to then arrest Jesus, and then they leave from the supper room, which we don't really know exactly where that was. Some people have a place, you know, in Israel there's a place where some think this is the actual upper room. Um, we don't know for sure. But they leave that small little room, and then they, Jesus knows it's his time. That's the phrase, the devil made me do it. Yeah. But, but yeah, for Judas. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So. Jesus was, was the winner yeah. of Judas' book. Did Judas know this? Or just, did he know what kind of role he was playing? I mean, what, did he He's know this way enough? I don't think he knew the, the role. I doubt yeah. he would know the role as far as what really is going to all play out. Jesus right. knew that. But Judas, I think um, Pete's um, comment, Judas already had this heart of someone who stole it and yeah. he was already, he was, he was just doing what Judas does and he's offered money and he's going to take it and he obviously... He, he, yeah. went, he went and sought out the religious leaders and said, I can betray him to you. How much money will you get? And Judas went to them. It wasn't like... <laughs> Prior to taking the bread. Yeah, it wasn't like yeah. Yeah. they caught him. Yeah. And like, hey, we'll give you a million bucks if you if you betray him to us. And he's yeah. thinking like, hmm, he sent them out. And, he, and I'm sure Judas probably at this point that goes, that oh my gosh, Jesus knows what I'm doing. <laughs> and he's like, I'm out of here. You know what amazes me? You know, you read about Revelation when God comes back and rules for a thousand years and the devil's cast out and has no power over the earth. That as God was here two thousand years ago, the devil still was here as well and still had power. Uh-huh. It amazes me that God allowed the devil to still have dominion over the earth while Jesus was on it. You know? Because that's not what is going to happen right after Revelation. That's why Paul calls us we are still living in this evil age. Yeah. This he never takes away our volition. Right. We have volition the entire, the freedom to choose yes right. or choose yeah. nay. Right. Yeah. And it's this thousand plus eon cycle right. testing right. and testing and testing. You know, the truth of what you just said is the devil made me do it. No. No. It was yeah. your choice. Right. It was your choice. Right. And it was your choice. Right. And it's... That cop-out doesn't work. So even with Adam and Eve and the whole thing at the beginning, he's he's protecting his creation who's giving him the big high sign to allow them to have volitional choice. Right. Yeah. So really, since we're all sinners, the choice is not to walk the walk of the sinner. And that's the struggle of Christianity. Because I, I was thinking what Daniel was saying, how many times have I stood right in front of Christ myself, and I just, no, and it's just a blatant sin. Yeah. Now, I mean, in, in my modern era, I, yeah, it's, I, it's my Judas heart. But I think, I think there's, a, there's a difference, right, because we have two characters here, and they both betray Jesus in a certain way. One is Peter, and one is Judas. But there's a fundamental difference between the two. And even the repentance, even the repentance, so even after the fact, 
there is a, a restoring of Peter and a repentance of Peter that is different than the repentance of Jesus. Which who didn't repent. Or which who didn't repent, yeah, right? right? Maybe he was um, uh, remorseful somehow, but it's, it wasn't a repentance. It wasn't right. the same. There's, Did he there's take his life? Yeah. 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 So that's probably pretty yeah. Yeah. remorseful, yeah. Right. Uh, how, maybe, how long maybe regret the repentance. How long was it? I think it was pretty... Quickly after, wasn't it? Yeah. All right. So here's my question. There's something missing in what I gave you. Something missing. I actually pulled out (laughs) a section. Okay. Of just like one or two sentences. And I would... Beth, did you do you have any idea what I took out? It has something to do with when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified. So you're close to where I took it out. Okay. Because when you read the read it like that, and you read this, you would never know that I took something out. Because it just flows. There's no, there's, there's, there's something I took out that's exceptionally important <laughs> about something Jesus says, but you would never know it because it's so, it's so smooth in how this works and how the text flows that you would never know I even took it out. Is it a new command I give to you? Very good. Hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Very good, Pete. All right. So do you know where that is? Do you know where I took that out? Uh, just before Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now. Right after, but you will, always, but you will follow me afterwards. Mm-hmm. Before little children. Yeah. Yeah, so it actually happens right after. So you see where it says Simon Peter said to him at the bottom? Right. Yeah. It's right before that. Yeah. 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 Very good. All right. In fact, you can see how smooth it goes, though. It's like, where I am going, you cannot come. Mm -hmm. Simon Peter said, Lord, where are you going? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But there's a section that it, that you would look at and go, why is this even here? Okay. That Jesus says something. And Pete just got it. Jesus says something about a commandment. And he gives us a commandment. If you know what that is, don't say that for a second. He gives us a commandment. Alright? So, Love your neighbor. Okay, so, so what is, if you had to tell someone, sum up for me, what is, as a Christian, I am supposed to do, what would you tell them? Reconciliation. <clears throat> love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, love your neighbor as yourself. All right. What What else? Love the Lord with all your heart and soul. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so where is that coming from? The truth will set you free. Yeah, well. The Old Testament. The what? The Old Testament. The Old Testament. Anybody <clears throat> remember where that's, I mean, so in, in Matthew and in Mark, Jesus is asked, a, I think Jesus asked a question. Um which is, yeah, but, so this is how it goes. It goes, 
But when the Pharisees heard that he had been silenced, the Sadducees had gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked a question to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus answers the question. It's interesting what you just said, because the answer comes from the, what? The Old Testament. So do you guys know what is that commandment? No greater. I want to say die for your neighbor or whatever. Well, so what is that commandment? Love the Lord with all your heart. Okay, very good. All right, all right, good. Who was just saying that? Okay, so love the Lord. Lord, with all your heart, all your heart, mind, 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 soul. Okay, and that's loving neighbor. Proverbs three five. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge him. Sure. And he will direct you sure. But I'm trying to get at what Jesus is saying. Okay. Is what are we supposed to do? So how are we finishing this? Then are love, we finishing it? Love your neighbor as you love him. Yeah, which is what you said, right? So I'll just say, and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Hopefully you have enough self-esteem to be able to do that. So Glenn (laughs) said that this came from the Old Testament. Do you guys agree with that? This is... This is like a space-time continuum of where the New Covenant starts. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What, it, what do you mean by that? Well, the, the, old, law. the old law, the yeah. Old Testament, uh-huh. is happening in real time right now at, at this dinner. Okay. Hmm. The new, the <laughs> new okay. law. All right. Interesting. All right. So what is this? Is this the old law? It's it's putting them together, in a sense, and hmm. then and then... Hours later, this, I mean, that's the way I, I kind of see it. This is like okay. a dividing marker as to where the new covenant starts. I guess it actually starts the day he comes, when he presents himself and that, and he makes valid to everybody that he was. But this but is, he's kind of. As far as the commandment. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. Is, the interesting thing is, is this is the greatest commandment, yeah, but okay. it's not one of the ten commandments. Right. Exactly. But this is the it new, stands on its own, it's, separate and apart from well, the ten. <laughs> One of the ten refers to that. Yes. Thou shall have no other gods before right. you. Right. You're, co- you're not supposed to covet your neighbor, which is loving your neighbor. Uh, okay. Well, no. Loving your neighbor and coveting your neighbor are two different things. Having sex with your neighbor is coveting your neighbor. <laughs> now you're talking. You're not supposed <laughs> to covet your neighbor. You're you're okay, love yeah, you're I, just, not, I, I don't know. This is an interesting exactly. Yeah. So okay, this, this love and covet at the same right. time. Like in, like, exactly. The first okay. part's right. like from Leviticus. The second part is from like... Well, you're, so you're close. The first, I, the second part is from... Leviticus. Leviticus. And the first part is from... From... Exodus. No. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Okay, good. So, which part is from Deuteronomy? The first part. The first part. So, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Okay. So, that is from Deuteronomy 6.4. Okay? And love your neighbor as yourself is from 
Leviticus 19, I think, something. <laughs> okay. So Leviticus 19, I'm thinking it's like 25 or 26. I could go there and check. Um, I think... Um, Can't go to your Bible. Yeah, don't go to your Bible. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. I yeah, love you guys. I checked, you know. Leviticus 19... Jesus says when asked the question, what is the greatest commandment? It's also what probably most of you would answer if someone asks you, what is, what as Christians, what is the heart of what we're supposed to follow? If you were to sum up all of the, uh, everything and of the teaching of what we were to obey and put it down, would, would you guys agree that this is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Would you agree that this is it? Is that a true question? <laughs> <laughs> well, you were talking about the new covenant and the old covenant. Yeah. Well. So is this the old covenant or is this the new covenant? It, it kind of wraps it. It, it kind of it's kind of bringing the problem. Because would you guys agree that we don't really pay attention to? Commandment is keep, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. We don't do that. Uh-huh. We, the we Ten Commandments, yeah. We, we don't, don't keep even, the, one, the Sabbath. Uh-huh. We don't even really have a Sabbath. Right. I mean, right. Is it Saturday or is it Sunday? For it's it's not as legalistic as it once was. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the old Ten Commandments aren't valid, <laughs> but and I've, I've 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 kind of wrestled with this before. How does everybody before Christ? get saved and go to heaven. Well, they had to have some, you know, the law of Moses and so forth, and some kind of foundation for morality. But it's, it, 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 there's so much faith that needs to happen, believing all that stuff, without having the revelation of Christ and his resurrection. So, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I'd, I'd really wordsmith this all together, but he's leading to the ultimate um, you know, it's it's believing in him, believing in the resurrection, and, and, and that is the only reason that gives validity to what he's talking about. Am I making, am I making some yeah, I'm, not, okay. I'm not wordsmithing right. that okay. very well. Right. I just, I just feels like there's some of the old stuff in there, uh-huh. and he's around, and he's talking to him, and he's hours away from dying, and it's just kind of setting it up to me that the new covenant is, is kicking in. Okay. So, Pete rightly said that I cut a section out. What I cut out is, is a commandment that Jesus gives. Does anybody know what that 
what that is. So what? So I've got that hidden right here. Does anybody know what it is that Jesus says at this point? And yeah, that you love one another. Okay, that you love one another. All right, good. Good that you love one another. As I have loved you. Okay, as I have loved you. What does Jesus call what he's going to tell us right now in John? He calls it a what type of commandment? A new commandment. A new commandment. There's only one time in one place that we are given. So this is what Jesus said when asked, sum up everything in the law. By the attorney. Right. Summing up everything in the law is this. But now Jesus is going to, right at this point in time, he is going to tell us that there's something new he's going to do. <laughs> there's now a new commandment. New Only time he ever says new. Okay, commandment. So what is that new commandment that he gives us? So if someone's to ask you, what is it you follow? Well, you follow Jesus. What is the new commandment that Jesus has told you to follow? Is it that you cannot love, truly love your neighbor if you don't fully love God or Jesus? Okay, you're good. You're, you're, um, you're, you don't love anybody, any other, what is the new commandment? You guys knew this one. Love your, love your God. Um, remember exactly how it says it. It's not just love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, what did you say? Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that's here. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a new commandment here to you. Kill this great. If you don't forgive others, I have loved you. Yeah. Yeah. You won't be forgiven. What did you say? He said. You said it. It's yours. A new commandment I give you. What is the new commandment? A new commandment I give you. What is it? Love one another as I have loved you. Amen. You've already said we said that already. Yeah. Yeah. We already got that. Well, I know it. Yeah. As I have loved you. A new commandment I give to you. Yeah. That you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. So Peter gets a gold star. Yeah, well, yeah, he does. <laughs> what is the difference between this and this? Because I'm going to go with what you just said a little bit. Like, you could look at this as really the old, in a sense. This is a sum up of the old law, the old commandment which is most people say, this is what we follow today. Jesus says, I'm giving you this. Not to say we don't follow this. We do. But Jesus has worded it differently. That's the beginning of the Christ, Christian religion. And yeah. That's, that's Judaism. So, Judaism. Yeah. Okay. So what's the difference? That's Christ. law. What? That's law. That's uh, law. Okay. And the bottom is something else. <laughs> <laughs> something else. <laughs> the bottom is an example. Grace. So, uh, when when Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount, uh-huh. he is reiterating 
uh, some of the Ten Commandments and and some of the commandments in the law. Right. But he's parsing out hypocrisy that technically, you know, they, you could technically say you're following it, but if you're hypocritical within within that, or you know, like looking at a woman with lust, well, I didn't commit adultery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you really did. Mm-hmm. And so it's even it's even further. It's like removing the hypocrisy. Yeah, going another step. Uh-huh. Yeah, from the situation, it's it's worse. It's also because going inside, it's because right? It's the heart, right? Even right. though that. The Old Testament text is with all your heart, which mm-hmm. should remove hypocrisy. But no, but people don't. Some people don't necessarily see your heart. They can see your fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, us as Christians are like, well, what's the fruit? Um, but he was always razzing the the Pharisees for their hypocrisy within it. It's like you you look like you're 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 following, but you're but you're like really, really far not. from God. Right. Right. Um, but I see this as as a, a new commandment. I'm not necessarily going to answer why it's, why it's different yet. I'm, I'm going to think about it. Yeah, you guys look at that. That's a question. Well, here, but, the, but then there's a new one. covenant as well because there's commandments in the covenant and the, and the, the sacrifice, the, the sacrifice part of the law and the and the um, obedience part of the law. Right. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. Yeah. Here, <clears throat> just we're recognizing that God loved us. When you say here, which which the lower one. The lower one, okay. Yeah. Just as I have loved you, huh. you are also to love one another. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? Yeah, to, so, to expound on it, Jesus yeah. is sacrificing his life for everyone. That's how much he loves us. Right, so that goes to what you just said. So did you finish what you were going to say there? The well, it's the, the recognition that my responsibility is to recognize that Christ loves me. Huh. Okay. And because he loves me, I therefore am to love you. Okay. In the All same right. way that I recognize that he loves me. Hmm. And by doing that, I, I'm a test, I give testimony to Christ's love for me because of what I, how I respond to you. So how is that, is that any different when you say that like that versus what it says up here? Up here you're just following a law. You just saying, do it, right? Do it. Do uh, this. Okay. Not because. Uh, Can I add that's something? Good, yeah. I'm going to add something. Yeah, that's to, good. To yeah, that's good. That's really Can good. Can I add wretched soul? So, a new commandment <laughs> I give to you that you love each one's wretched souls just as I have loved Their, your, your yeah. wretched souls. Oh, right. Oh, very good. So, <laughs> everybody sucks, but be nice. Uh-huh. And, you know, if, if you're loving the Lord all your God, you should be exuding. You know, almost grace-like acceptance. To I merited favor. Huh. So are we meant to lay down our lives for one another? What does that say? No greater love. Good answer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What? As he has loved us. Yeah. He laid down that? his life. Is that, what, is that what that says? Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Right. That's exactly what it says. Right. There's no greater sacrifice. There's no greater love. Well, I have a neighbor that I have a real problem with. <laughs> well, and so you might. But guess what? Guess what? That neighbor has a wretched soul. So, and, and who in here has a wretched soul? We all do. We all do. We all do. And who and who laid down their life for us with our wretched soul? Jesus. So, so, so who, what have, am I supposed I to do? Have no right, right then. Yeah. So to have that attitude. 
You are right. <laughs> I, Kill I, him with I, 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 <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. I know not what I do. It's, it's challenging because, you know, there's a lot of mm, seemingly bad people out there, you know, uh, pot kettle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just lost it. Oh, C.S. Lewis talks about the, the Gestapo, you know, how do you love somebody, you know, a Nazi or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he he says it in an interesting way. I'm just kind of thinking back, and it's, you're supposed to, are you going to be buddy-buddy with the guy? But you, No, but you want to love him to the point where you wish the best for him, that they'll come to some clarity and that they'll, you know, th- uh, you know, hopefully come to be a Christian or whatever. Uh-huh. So you, that's where you draw, that, I mean, am I going to lay my, my life down for, you know, a Nazi? No, but I'm going to hopefully want and wish the best for them. I guess that's, that's, is that as good? Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's, that's, um, little bit in a sense of hypothetical. I mean, what do you want to do with that Nazi? But you neighbor. Really you talk about your neighbor. You know, I have a What's, a, what's the way to, I mean, how... Pray for their soul. Right, right. pray for their soul to bring the them to the Christ who correct. loved them. Yeah, you want them to yeah. find God. But you I'm want not them to find Christ. Correct. An actual correct. example is in a, a Corrie, Corrie Ten Boom, you know, in her story. And she actually came face to face with, with like, the Nazi, the Nazi SS officer that had killed her family mm-hmm. like years later, mm-hmm. and she chose to forgive him. And Louis Jamperini was the same. Yeah, right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. why? So when you think about that for a why does she forgive? Based on this, why does she forgive him? Because, because all the world can look at it and go, I, you know, why did why do you do this? And because she believes. That that your story, because what? Because she believes that she was forgiven. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so you see what this, and, 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 and it was Christ in her. Uh-huh. Like she, talks, she talks about the struggle, and she talks about how it was Christ in her. Right. Yeah. Right. That because, you know. So one of the biggest things I hear in, from Christians, and, and is that we, when you hear people talk about forgiving another person, whatever horror it is, or whether it's just a simple offense, but whatever horror it is, a lot of times you hear the reason for the forgiveness is to make me feel better or to release me from some bondage over this person who's done something. I mean, ultimately, <coughs> the reason why we forgive others has nothing to do with that. It has to do with because we have been forgiven. Yeah. So, so you see how this command down here, this, the problem with this doesn't really give us a motive. This gives us a motive for every single thing that we do, including your neighbor, including my wife, including how I feel about this guy over here. Right? I mean, in every situation, try to find something you can get yourself out of, of not loving another person based on this command, of not laying down your life for that person. Well, the uncomfortable part of it is as much as you dislike that other person as a reflection on your sin. Uh-huh, yeah. I think you it's know, because we tend to characterize this sin's worse than And it was it judge not lest you be judged? And, That's yeah, the proof in the pudding. And there is, a, there is a such a thing as 
really bad sins. You know, he talks about, um, you know, denying. No, but there's there's a level. There is a level of sin, right? Um, but he, yeah, he, he did wait until Judas left to give his commandment, though, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Oh, that's good, Peter. <laughs> wow, that's very good. By the way, you guys. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, is that, that we all tend to think that, you know, I'm a good person. That person's terrible because they're sinning that way. And I, you know, where's where am I to say that my sin is more better than... So how would you measure your sin, sin in this case, based on what Jesus is saying? I guess it's... It's really unforgivable, but you right. are been forgiven. It's a, there's you're, you're, uh, uh, that's yeah. a sin is a sin, right? Right. A sin is a broken relationship, and that's the point. Is that is to not think of your neighbor's sin being worse than yours because it's all bad. So I mean, in Romans, humble thyself. In Romans, Paul says all of us were ungodly. That's a state. All of us. So, when I'm looking at someone else, I don't care who it is, I don't care what their beliefs are, whatever they are, different than us, mm-hmm. ultimately, it, it comes down to what Christ has done for me. I'm ungodly. He saved me. He took that from me. And now he's asking one simple thing. You go do that to others... And what's the motive and the the formula for that? As I have done for you. It's a definition of hypocrisy. Well, it shows how easy <laughs> it is to be a hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> is what it does. Yeah. I think I've heard Jeff preach a sermon on this, and it kind of seems like it's like it's something that he might do often. But uh, it's kind of like a breathing in and breathing out mm. exercise, and. And it's like you're breathing in uh, the love of God and, and for yourself, and you're breathing out the love of God for mm-hmm. others. Yeah. Right? And it's kind of like a receiving and giving. Yeah. Which um, is why I think I that when Christ was teaching, he was very infectious. People were like, wow, you know, because mm-hmm. of what you're saying. That, and if we're all more like that, because it's it's I mean there's a pattern even to that I mean it's, it's he's re, he's repeating it's like yeah no love one another yeah like just as seen. I have loved you also love one another yeah you right. guys it's, it's see that how that pattern is he, he doesn't just say that you love mm-hmm. one another just as I have loved you you also are to love one another I mean, he is accentuating the fact that mm-hmm. here's the here's here's the foundation I have loved you. That's your that's your interaction with every single person all the time. This also reminds me of something I heard one time. I don't know which author, but um, defining what sin was as the culpable ser- disturbance of shalom, which is like, you know, I'm I'm entering into this and like disturbing the way that things should be. And it like all these laws are like ah sin. Like just give me like just give me the rule book, right? Just like what's the rule? That's the sin. What's the rule? That's the sin. Like that's the way. Like I, I don't know. All like. I feel like I'm, I at least can speak for myself, like I'm wired. Like, just sure. give me the rule book off all the rules, right? Like, that is like, okay, now what's saying is like, well, am I like, am I, am I loving this person, right? Like, that, it's just, is it like, am I giving somewhere where I, I shouldn't be? Am I not giving where I should be? Am I like, not serving this way? Like, culpably disturbing shalom, like the, the way things should be is like, I don't know, that it just changes 
that, right, that but what, so what's the model? The model and the model here is now a person, which is Christ. Mm-hmm. It's what He has done for yeah. us, which is always so much more, countless more than we could ever do for someone else. Whereas the initial one was it's, God's law, yeah, given by the burning bush, basically, you know, through the mouth of God to a human. This is coming from a human, God incarnate, to other humans. Right. And also here, neighbor is yourself. Everyone gets really confused by that. Right. Everyone can seem to get out of the neighbor is yourself. Well, well a lot of people don't love themselves. Yeah, right. <laughs> there yeah. my neighbor. Yeah, and, my and neighbor. a lot of people's hearts are black. So, you know, with all your heart, well, maybe you don't have yeah. a heart. So. And that was a big discussion going so, on at the time of Jesus. was conjecture. That was a big discussion going on at the time of Jesus. Is the debate was, who is your neighbor? Right. Is your neighbor the person of my family? Is your neighbor my the, your fellow Jews who live in Jerusalem? Is my neighbor those Jews that live up in Galilee? Is my neighbor the Gentile? I mean, he yeah. starts this whole discussion here. It could be translated any of those. Yeah. Yeah, the first one's all subjective, basically. Yeah. What are you going to say, David? Uh, I think it could be translated to any of those, but the question I've got, um, love your neighbor, and lay down your life for neighbor, and I got discussion turned from laying down your life to forgiveness. Where are you supposed to be? Are you supposed to lay your life down and give your life for your neighbor, or are you supposed to just forgive him and love him? Did I miss the point? Because we were talking about laying your life down for the people you love. Right. And you're supposed to love your neighbor. So what could that look like? So how then, do you see, then, how we, do you think, then we yeah. transform that conversation into about we'll just forgive them and love them. We don't lay, I, I took it to mean not light your life. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just trying to think of practically about how that how would that play out. Yeah. Yeah. Give me an Put it. It'd be hard to put lay down your when you're thinking about it. How do you lay your heart down, or how, lay your life down, for for an, an SS guy, a Nazi guy, yeah. or your, the, the the worst neighbor you ever had? It, it's hard to think about it. How could you ever do that? But if the situation arose where he was walking across, this person was walking across the street, and you lean forward and you grab that person down and pull him out of the street because a bus was coming. And you end up on getting hit by a bus. Oh, from that perspective. Now you saved this guy that you hated or disliked, but you died instead. I mean, that's... How often is that going to come up in your life? More of what's going to come up is what Eric said, which is, you have something against your neighbor, or you... There's, there's someone, or you're driving down the street and someone does something, you start getting angry at them. That's the point. Okay, or I go home and, you know, my wife says, why haven't you done this, or why haven't you done that? And I just like, ugh, back at her, right? Um, I mean, it's all the little things. I think we can think of the big, huge things that try, we try to be hypothetical about, but it's the practical, I mean, what are the practical, everyday ways in which you can do this? One of the ethical things that I memorized, you will have learned to forgive when you banish from your mind the hurt caused by another. 
and concurrently not reject the person responsible for your pain. The reflection, I think, that's really the true realization of that is, is that I have created the offense within me. Regardless of their actions, I'm the one that's responding. And so I have to own the sin that I feel hurt. Uh-huh. That now, and now you're not safe and I'm going to reject you. But there's something inside of you that's the original sin. Uh-huh. And that's creating the hurt that you perceive that may have been unintentional by the other person simply because they were just talking about whatever. But we, because of our ha- our past and our history, we interpret that as, oh, man, you know. So that's where the sin comes, is we create it. So how would you take your saying based on this? Would you change your, how would your, how would your saying you just said be different based on what you read here? I would be something like, uh, Beware of how you observe the world. <laughs> well, I think what you said before, you don't want to be for, forgiving if it's prideful, if it's boosting your own. Yeah, I'm forgiving virtuous. you because I... I feel better about not, myself. Not to say that that's not something that could be an effect of it, but I'm not forgiving you because it makes me feel better. I'm just releasing it. That's bad. If that's the reason, real, real well, reason. Well, I'm not, I don't know about to say bad. No, I'm but if you're, if you're forgiving somebody to make yourself feel better, right. yeah. you've got a risk of being, you know, right. the pride. But right. forgiving presupposes that there's been an offense. Correct. Uh-huh. Right. But like right. what he was saying about Corey... Cannonball, or was that her name? Yeah, it was an offense. But maybe, maybe when she was saying that she was forgiving the person that killed her family, it was something she didn't dwell on for the rest of her life. It was, it was a, it was a wash matter. It was done, not festering on it anymore. So, I think it's, just, I think, I think when you, when your ego is involved and your pride, as far as why you're, you're forgiving people, that's not the right. Yeah. Reason. What? I mean, if you just even think about what's the power of if I forgive, you did something to me, bad offense, whatever that is, and I, I forgive you, I mean, I really forgive you, generally, authentically forgive you based on this, I think what's going to happen if, if even that person goes, why are you forgiving me? What does it give you the opportunity to do? I don't think it, it, it mandates that you and I are going to hang out and... No. You know, be buds. No, I'm not, no, no it doesn't. That, that's a requisite of, no, it doesn't. Being that. It's just kind of, you're moving on. It's, you're, you're, right. you're just getting rid of the baggage. But you're if you were on. to ask me why I forgave you, what would I answer? What should I, what would I answer? If I do that genuinely based on this, well, how would I answer that question? Like, why, why would you, why would you forgive me with this horrible Because thing I'm a wretched you? soul too. Right. You know, so nobody's perfect and. And what would my answer be as to why I forgave you? Because you were forgiven. Because I was forgiven. By who? By God. By Jesus. You see, even within this, you have the ability to proclaim the gospel. (laughs) And you actually have the gospel here. This is the gospel. Which is, he died for us. No matter how. We were the wretched ones. We were the ones who were ungodly. He's already given us so much grace and mercy. That's the gospel. And what are we doing here? We're simply extending that gospel to another person. And we're proclaiming it because we're loving that other person. 
when the world would say you should hate that person or, wow, they're this political party or they believe this or they believe that about this. It's like, oh my gosh, I hate them. It's like, you know. <laughs> Metaphorically laying down your life, do, you know, do we not as humans see our lives as a, 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 an amalgam of our opinions and our beliefs and our suppositions and our biases and whatnot and say somebody's wronged you because of your belief or, you know, whatever stupid thoughts going through your head at the time. Do we not, are we not commanded to put all that aside and just feel and love with our heart and put aside what our beliefs are, our thought of that person or their, whatever, their political you know, whatever it is, biases yeah, or whatever, social, whatever, and, and you know, that could be laying down your life as well. I I tend to look at laying down your life because my son's a sheriff in a much different manner, and it's real, it's black and white, and yeah, you know, I have a very young, you know, he's thirty. Well, he's not young now anymore. He's thirty, but he has a very, he gets this. But he also has a very hard time forgiving himself for the things that he has to do. Because yeah. he has to protect people with his life, which means sometimes he has to take other lives to do it. And, you know, it's very difficult watching him go through this and bringing the gospel to him on a daily basis. And it's... um Boy, when you become a parent and your kids are going through that kind of stuff, it, uh, it erases pretty much all the other burdens in this yeah. life. It is probably one of the, the most difficult things that a parent has to deal with. And, well, I think, yeah, and I think you just brought up something that I see so much too again among yeah. us Christians, which is who, who needs to be forgiven? I need to forgive myself. You have to forgive yourself. And that is even applies here. A hundred percent. Is we don't really grasp the magnitude 100%. of Christ dying on a cross for us. And we hold all the stuff inside well, of us. You can't love yourself unless you accept God's love as well. Period. Point yeah, blank. Exactly. Yeah. It's so both, talking about hand where, in hand. where's my self-image and where's my self-esteem? They go hand in hand. It's right here. Christ died exactly. on the cross for you. He that teaches gospel, us how to love. simple gospel message is every day. But your son, I had a real problem with this when I came home from Vietnam and basically started going to church again every Sunday. And then I thought, my God, what have I done? You know, I dropped a lot of bombs. And so as a Christian, how do I reconcile that? Really gave me a pro- still gives me a problem. Sure, sure it would. I would think it would. You know, because I mean, there's fathers and uncles and sons, and underneath where those bombs hit, and uh, that was my job. And so my country called me, and it was my turn to serve and to follow orders. But yet, my Christian walk tells me you shouldn't be doing this. So, it's between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. Because there's no, 
there's no there's no gray in between. It's either or. Right. But even even God commanded death to the enemy. Jesus told the Romans the Old not to take what wasn't given to them. Basically, mm-hmm. not the Roman guards do mm-hmm. not take what wasn't given to you. So, in other words, do you know? He also said it. Render unto Caesar what Caesar. You know, you have to do what you're commanded to do. It is what it is. You know, you can choose not to be a cop, I guess. Right. You know, I guess back then you couldn't choose that you couldn't go into the military. Right. You know. I, I think the hard part is, was there a choice and did I miss the right choice? I have a brother that's 80. I have a brother that's 72. And neither one of them had a choice. Neither one of them had a choice. You know what I mean? So, and, and ultimately, I mean, my words are, it has to be Christ's words to you in your heart, which is, Jesus died on the cross once for all. Okay? And that means any sin, anything you've done in the past is forgiven. As long as you have. I mean, it, yeah. It, you've already, you repent and you, and, You've already asked them to say, be my savior. Those sins really are truly wiped out. I mean, and that's, that's not me saying that. And you have to know Christ saying that in your heart and you have to feel him speaking to you and say, guess what, Eric? And that's for all of us, right? We all have things in which we regret, but it's really knowing this is what he did for us. He really has wiped it out. Wiped it clean. <laughs> but have we? Hmm? Have we? Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. I mean, there, we almost, we there almost. There are people yeah. who I have carried for years, decades, multiples of decades, that I cannot forgive. And it's a choice I know I'm making. Mm-hmm. But they were, they're, their actions um, don't allow me to forgive them because they were repetitious and knowing and done by choice and so severe that people died because of it. um, And I've read this so many times it's a joke but I still can't do it completely 100% of the time I was having a conversation with one of my best buddies yesterday about um, how come we can know right and wrong, we can know what's sin, we can know what the right choice is, we can want to be holy, we can want to live this life of righteousness and purity and all this good stuff, and and, and most of the time we do, but suddenly you're not. Suddenly you're willfully sinning. Suddenly you're doing something that this is wrong, yet I'm doing it. And, and I'm doing it again. 
And again, over the years, and it gets less and less and less and less severe to the point where, okay, I see myself changing and all that good stuff. But he goes, we're just, it's, I didn't write the book, man. And so I was reading this yesterday, and uh, it's funny that it's on this piece of paper because it tells this story, I think, so eloquently. And... Um, I think through John he reiterates the Jews, you know, Christ, Barabbas, the, the, the two guys on the cross, the white guy, Kadesh, right here, Judas and Peter, right? So, but he says, he says, as I tell you, you can't come with me now. Where I'm going, you cannot follow. To Peter, yeah, when you say that to Peter. Right, right. That's the right. Same thing. Which is where is he going? That's right. He's going to. He's going to be with the Father. He's going to heaven. Wait, he's, he's going, going to the cross. cross. Well, yeah. No, no. He's referring to where he is going to go to, which is where it's like, hey, I'm tired. We're we're tired of this. Can we can we get out of this whole sin cycle thing, please? Right. We just we just get tired of it. And as much as we want to, you can't come with me now. But I'll. Be back and you will be with me. Okay? So he says to, to, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going. You cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? This is my question every day. I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered. Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. And this is God telling the dude hours before he's going to do these things. And yet, he does them anyway. And notice that this commandment was given and said before That's right. he said that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But I forgive you. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I agree with Greg. He's, he's, he's actually referring that he's going to go to the cross. None of us are willing to go to the cross. He, Period. But, but we will follow him afterward, after he resurrects. Because he's God. He's proven he's God. But on the way to the cross in this human flesh, none of us are. That's why we continue to sin. Did the Jews believe in an afterlife? Some did. Some did. But diff- Most different. Did not. Right? The diff- different. They didn't really. It's they both. Different I know, it's both. than what yeah. um, what was revealed more in the New Testament. So before yeah. the New Testament, um, they believed. They, you know, I'm going to be with my father Abraham. So I'm basically, the disciples, when they saw him die, yeah. They oh. thought that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. It, it was over. It, it, what it was the end of, for sure, as it says on the Maus Road story, yeah. is that their hope has yeah. been shattered. Because their hope was that he was going to not go to the cross and die, but that he was going to be their Messiah. And he was going to bring Rome down and give them back Jerusalem. That was their thought, yeah. at least. Yeah. But Jason, yeah. the way I look at sinning is, if you're willing to go to the cross... And be nailed to the cross. What's worse, your sin or being nailed to the cross? And if you look at the two as synonymous, 
you'll stop sinning. And that's ultimately what is trying to, he's trying right. to get across exactly. here. If you really get what I have done for My you, point, exactly. You really get. That's and you'll stop sinning. That's, if you just yeah. look at it like that. That's a struggle. It's yeah. that simple. Yeah. You won't stop sinning. Yes, you will. You, yeah. Sin nature you, is until we die. You, no. will, you, will, you will stop sinning on those great sins, the, the grandiose ones. Uh, yeah, yeah, I understand that. You're not going to stop sinning. We just, we just... It's, it's not this earth. We can make choices, right? Peter was not going to choose to betray him and like Judas was, yet at the same time. So, they're both sins. Correct. I wouldn't equate Correct. Peter's sin to the same as Judas's, yet. I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. You're just, we're, 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 we're here. Yeah. As you said, this is a testing, this is a refining yeah, but as we walk as Christians, our sins become less and less. Well, and they also become more pronounced. They become magnified. You're actually aware of them. Right. Yeah. Which is why you see the Apostle Paul in the trace of letters, and you go to, from the first letters he wrote, and you look at the last letters, and his, the last letters are where he most recognizes his own sin. What a wretched man that I am. I mean, you just, it's sort of interesting watching his awareness of his own sin. He might technically be sinning less, but his awareness of that sin is just magnified. The smaller they they get, the more brutal they become. Right, right. But you were going to say something, Andrew. Let's ask you a question. So, pulling back from this whole thing, you noted how this whole passage just flowed, right? There was like, in this thing, there's like no break, right? Uh huh. And so that makes that, like, Inverts the question, then why, why that command right there? <clears throat> like it follows, where I'm going, you cannot, where you cannot come where I go. So now, almost as if, therefore, right? I don't know, maybe that's, I don't know if that's that's the word. That's uh-huh. what I'm reading uh-huh. it. Like, why there? Why? It's a great question. Why do you think? That's why. <laughs> you're the one who did this, Dallas. So and, and some people made the comment like it looks like it's just like just like why is it inserted here? Well, so that's my question. Yeah. Okay. That's why, yeah. But let's take the word of God as this is the word of God and that Jesus had a reason. Sure. I think it gets a little bit back to what probably Jason's talking about. So if you look at the flow here and you see what is happening, you see that um, Judas is left. And what's interesting, remember now, this is like the first thing that Jesus is going to say. And now he's going to go into this whole thing of the... Of the um, of the chapters 14 through 17, of all the teaching that Jesus is going to do. Okay. And ultimately, he's setting that all up, saying everything I'm going to sort of teach you now is all really going to ultimately come down to this. That I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to die for you. And now your motive for everything. Everything I'm now going to tell you about how you should live your life. The motive for all of it is what I'm going to do for you on the cross, which you still don't really get because I haven't gotten to the cross yet, <laughs> in essence. Um, so I, I think I think there's a tension there that's being set up. We're probably sure when the disciples heard this, it'd be like, okay, I mean, what did that mean to them? As I have loved you. At this point in time, for the disciples, before Jesus goes, the apostles, before Jesus goes to the cross, what does this mean? Well, you've been hanging out for three years, <laughs> okay? It probably doesn't mean a whole lot. Then looking back, and I think it's interesting, Peter, right? Peter's going to deny Jesus three times. 
Why is he going to deny Jesus three times? Because he still doesn't really understand what Jesus is going to do for him. Which is to die on the cross. Now we come back and we look at it and we go, wow. <laughs> now they get it. So, I'm not, I'm not sure I could really answer your question. Uh, actually, I was, I was looking at, I'm like, okay, the context is like, you know, before the next chapter break, I'm like, I don't understand. As a, as a prelude, and those chapter that breaks don't exist. Of course, of course. Right? I, that's, I'm yeah. just going through my head right now. That right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Eric. Um, I have another saying that kind of brings a little perspective to this. Don't keep count of offenses or slights that wound you, whether the wrongdoing was voluntary or involuntary. That's as the count mounts, so will your resentment, and you will find it more difficult to forgive. So, the whole point of that is, unless we let it go as it happens, mm-hmm. we bury ourselves in all this resentment. You hurt me, and, and to Dale's situation, you know, it happened over and over and over, and that proves that I can't trust you. But if you're able to let it go as it happens, you won't be buried by it. But I think the other important thing is that wound you. Why did it wound you? That may be some sin within us that gives us a window into our perspective on what's going on around us and whether we feel safe or not safe or who's, who do we feel safe around. So it, 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 it embraces a whole area of consideration that's not in our best interest to do it. It's, it's interesting, though, because when I hear you say that, okay, which is almost like I'm, I'm saying what you just said is what Christ wants to say to you. Yeah. How about that forgiveness? Yeah. Because it's like, Let it keep letting it go. Christ is not holding any of that against you. Oh, he has wow. no offense ah, against you. No. Okay, here I go. <laughs> there, therefore, there is no, Eric, therefore there is no, what? Condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No. None. God. That's what he's done for us. Man, I'm really forgiven. You really yes. are. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> I've been worried about this for he 50 years. not to condemn the world. But do you know what the big but bummer about that is? That what? you're forgiven like that? Is that means you now have to go love others as he has been. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Can I read the New Living Translation? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, of this? Of this yeah. passage? Oh, okay. She says, so now I am going, now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Period. Period. Oh, it, it doesn't say period? No, there's a period oh. after. <laughs> it doesn't say period exclamation point. I love that. It should say period. Three exclamation points. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, it just says love each other. That's the sentence. Okay? okay. What's the next one? He says, just <laughs> as I have loved you, you should love each other. Another period. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Okay. And I want you guys to listen to that, because I purposely did not include that. We're going to end with that. Because listen to what that is in our passage, and I did not put it up here. 
So what? Why? What is going to happen? So read that again. Your love for one another right. will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So Jesus is now telling us why are we doing this? It is going to become the way the Here world is going to look and believe in Jesus. Amen. Is because He's going to look at us. Amen. So. We're not just talking about how we love one another, but we're talking about the witness of that is going to be a witness to the world that Christ is real. Exactly. And that's and boy, do we have a lot of unmarried. <laughs> we would never, yeah, we would never have to have to be done with that. Um, yeah. By this. Our version says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So you can see he's repeated that three times. Love one another. Love one another. And if you do this, people will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Three times he says, love one another. Love one another. Love one another. How? As I have loved you. So a valid condemnation of the church done wrongly is Christians not loving each other. That's Absolutely. a valid condemnation from the world. Probably the biggest <laughs> condemnation in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, yeah. I, I didn't say this earlier, but the, the biggest thing, and, and Dale, I heard you touch on it, was the, the, what that comes with. Because that requires a relationship with Christ. Because yeah, you, they, 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 at that point... They had no idea how Christ loved them. Just before he just said to them, if you love me, you wouldn't be upset at the fact that I'm dying because I'm going to see the Father. And the Father is greater than I. You would be rejoicing. Right? Because, But you don't really love me. So I'm leaving you with this thing to figure out how I loved you. Which maybe goes back to Andrew. It's like he's, he's going to give this up fairly early on. So ultimately they come back and, and everything they're going to hear, they're going to come back and go, oh... The irony is, this is a Christian life. It's so freaking simple. Exactly. Yet, yet, so freaking simple. Yet, <laughs> so eternally uh, mysterious. Right? There's a paradox. Yes, it's it's simple yeah. and it's hard. All it's one. the hardest thing in the world because yeah. it, it's the simplest thing in the world. Yeah. I learned a phrase in Australia: <laughs> love many. Trust few, but always paddle your own canoe. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, anyway, I hope, hope, hopefully this will. Um, I say we end on that. <laughs> I like simple things. Yeah. How about abandon the road? is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. (laughs) (laughs) That that goes to how to ride a motorcycle. There you go. Exactly. Um, So here's my challenge to you guys to myself this week. Not only live this, but go tell someone this. Amen. Go tell another Christian. I listened to one guy Uh respond. To that exact challenge. Oh, did you? Uh-huh. And he said, no. He said, don't, he's not going to do it? No, he said, no. No? And the guy said, why not? He said, they're all dead. They're all dead. 
<laughs> he was all dead. I was, I was like, I was. All the ones. <laughs> and he was having Oh no. I'm sure that would be an easy assignment to go out and talk to people that you really, really love. If yeah. You, if you try and go do it to somebody that's favorable. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because they were coming back and saying, are you crazy? Why are you telling me this? Get in your yard. <laughs> Get back in your yard. It could be like the guy in Texas bring out an AR. Well, what's interesting, he said, like loving your neighbor, right? It's like, how, how, did, how did Jesus love them? Right? Every situation, he demonstrated that love in a, in a, in a different and unique way, yeah. depending yeah. on the situation, right? Okay. So that was kind of the deal. It's like loving your, you know, one another doesn't mean necessarily that, you know, hey man, I love you and I just, I just want to put my heart on yours right now. It might be, hey, hey, you need to not, you need to just be quiet for a while. Or it might be, you know, uh, go get me some water. Or it might be, hey, (laughs) hey, neighbor, you know what? Um, You and I have to need. We need to have a a different sort of relationship, right? It's not like, hey, I love you, buddy. You're great, even though I just want to knock your teeth out, right? (laughs) It's like, wait, Jesus is gone. You need to examine yourself first. They'll go through that whole process and so on. It's like, well, also, how are you going to love another? Unless you know what they need to be loved. That's the difference between You need to go have a relationship with them to know that. Right. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Whoa, dude, that's a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Right? I have one person in mind that uh, we were at a dinner party, and she was talking about the Bible and Jesus and everything, and she said, you don't believe that fairy tale, do you? Oof. I I think it was what we did. This would have been a great thing to come back. Yeah. But I, I talked about loving what I've done get into that. And I really created a sin because I essentially told her, I said, it would help your attitude if you were a Christian. And she grew up on that. Yeah. yeah, but you're right. Uh, <laughs> all right. You want to close this in prayer? Oh, sure. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Dear Lord, thank you for this gathering. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for your love. We pray that you would teach us, every one of us, what we need to know about loving you. And that we would abide in you and that you would abide in us in that love every moment of every day. We ask you would grow us as your disciples, that we would demonstrate to the world your love by being your disciples. We thank you, Lord, so much. In your name, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. It's a good session, guys. It's good. Thanks for the Thanks for being here. Yeah. Grab some on the way out if you want to take one to your wife. Or if I not make it home. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> She's like, hide everything. What sort of thing? Uh, they're 
they're um, brown butter sea salt cookies. Oh my gosh, you, you died for them. Just chat with your friends. They just sort of melt in your mouth. This is an organization oh, wow. chart. Yeah, I'll 